This is the Chasing Tomorrow podcast with Joe Gagnon. We bring you captivating conversations that will inspire all of us to go after our own version of a high-performance life. Welcome to the Chasing Tomorrow podcast. I have a great episode ahead with me today, Matt Devine. We've always had a bunch of people who are you know, very competitive and really serious athletes. And then you have people like me who we set out to do interesting things. And you have others who prove what the human spirit really is all about, that the only obstacle to amazing and extraordinary feats is in our head, right? That these bodies can adapt. And over the summer, Matt rode 12,500 kilometers on his bike. He had previously run 100 or so kilometers in a marathon a day over seven days. So he's, he's stepped into this ultra endurance world. An unlikely person to step in, as we get to hear his story a little bit, he's got a mission and purpose behind it. He's done these great and big things. He's gonna do more. So, hey, Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And I love the fact that you use the word human spirit because I think you nailed it. It's I say that there's a superhero in every one of us. And the real trick is just how you wake that that individual up, how you put your cape on. So I, I really appreciate the fact that you you described it that way. Yeah. So a little bit of introduction. Tell the audience a little bit more about so Canadian, right? Grew up. Tell us how it started and how maybe unlikely it is where it ends up here. Well, I'm going to give you uh, 20 years or 30 years and about uh, 30 seconds here. But I was an athlete when I was younger. I, uh, I was a good hockey player. I, was, I could have made it almost to the Olympics as a boxer. I was an MMA trained fighter and I had several fights in the ring. But as with a lot of people, when I was in high school and university, I discovered the life, the life of partying and really, really excelled at it. And I would say my academic career was very lackluster. I wasn't a great student, partied a lot. Long story short, that path took me into my professional career, which I accelerated at because socialization and entertaining was such a big part of what I did that the two just went hand in hand. And I woke up one day and I, I discovered that I had adult chicken pox. So I went to the doctor and the doctor said, yeah, yeah, that's chicken pox. And for an adult, it can be serious. So let, let's take a look. He took my blood pressure and, and sent me on, on my way to the hospital. He said, your, your blood pressure is so high that you're, you're very close to having a, a medical event. After the dust settled, uh, I was 300 pounds. I was a drinker. I was a smoker. And I mean a heavy drinker. I was a heavy, heavy drinker. 300 pounds. They ran all the tests and they said, you're five years away from having a major event that could end your life, whether it be a stroke or a heart attack. You're definitely going to end up with, with diabetes, etc. So that for me was what I would call my first rock bottom. That was my physical rock bottom. And I started to... How old were you then? In that 30 to 40 time, 35 to 40 time range when, when all this started to happen. So I, I started to take it a bit more serious and I did get in shape and I started a physical transformation. And I'll use that word transformation quite a bit because it's such an important part of this journey. But I, I started to get physically fit, but I always had that, that safety net of partying and drinking on the side. So if I was playing squash, I was playing squash for the beer afterwards. If I was working out with a buddy, we'd end up upstairs having a cold beer afterwards. And I realized that although I was physically fit, I was starting to suffer mentally. Some people call it a mid-age, mid middle-age crisis. 
I'll just call it a blanket of gray that was getting heavier day to day. Now, by this time, I was a very successful person in my career, but the blanket just kept getting heavier and heavier. And I described the process of getting physically fit, a, a sort of better yesterday, better than yesterday, not that brand new tomorrow. Most people think it is. You can get physically fit, but trust me, unless you're dealing with the root cause of all the things that are going on in your life, you're never going to get that brand new tomorrow. And transformation should feel like that. So that was when I realized I have mental health issues. And I was the CEO of a company. I had time. I had money. I had resources. And I was laying on the couch one day and I said, I'm in serious trouble here. I had lost all motivation to get up and do. I just... Everything that made sense to me as a 20-year-old, as a 30-year-old, no longer made sense. The cars, the homes, the titles, none of it made sense. And I turned to my wife on the couch one day and I said, I'm going to run from Canmore or Jasper to Canmore, which ended up just being over 300 kilometers with a lot of hills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. So, and that ended up being just over a kilometer a day. We did it for sick children, the Alberta Rainbow Society. And I ran for seven days and I crossed the finish line. And that sort of started the whole process of understanding the higher level of purpose, like why we do things. And we'll talk a little bit about it, but everybody says you must have been doing it for the kids. I say the kids allowed me to do it for them. Because if you think you're going to go and run or ride these amazing long distances because of a child, yeah, that's a fuel for sure. But at the end of the day, when you're suffering, and you are in your lowest moment on the bike, your toenails are falling off, your hands are freezing. The only thing that will keep you going is the decision to keep going. You're faced with the decision. Should I stop or should I go? You're not having a, a discussion with a child. You don't have that image in your head. You have one question ahead of you, and that is, should I keep going? And I just, all these elements came together about the higher purpose, the physical change, the mental benefit I was getting. And I said, this is the version 2.0 for Matt Divine. Maybe there's something here. And then I started to explore the whole concept of human transformation. And I mean transformation, the baby letting go of the table and taking that first step completely and permanently changed in an instant of courage. And they never looked back. And that's the brand new tomorrow. Wow. There's so much in that. Because there's a lot at this time, there's this reconciliation there. We've been talking more and more about this on the podcast and other people about this, what we drive towards in society, this sort of measure of success that so often now is finding to be unsatisfying, that it was for whatever the reason, it doesn't even matter whether the right or wrong reason, it actually just, it actually is not very satisfying for the way the human system works. And you're working on continuing to try to chip away at what you thought you should do and trying to create this new version of you that actually then shows up as a better version of you. And yeah, we can do it. I did the same thing. I raised money for kids in high school in Guatemala when I ran my six mm -hmm. marathon, six minutes thing. And, but yeah, I don't want to say that those are, those are really great that we do that. Beautiful. But they actually are sort of I think masking a little bit of what's really going on. Yeah, you you've said it right. I when I talk to people, when I'm in a when I'm doing a presentation or I'm having a conversation with people, I describe the there's a picture of me as a very fit man and I'm holding a drink in my hand and you can see it in my face. I'm just kind of staring off and I think unless you're willing to take that in turn and ask those really awkward questions, what's wrong with my life? Because I can tell you that when you do 
you discover some answers that you may not want to hear. I, I'm not a good husband. I have a bad relationship. I hate my job. I hate my father. I'm addicted to drugs. And until you take that that journey to find the stillness and then listen to your own thoughts and truly isolate the signal. It's very difficult to do in the chaos of day-to-day living. You got sick kids, you're going to a job. To actually isolate those conditions that are limiting your happiness is very difficult. So the first thing I tell people is take the journey, find the stillness and do a truthful assessment of your life. And once you identify root cause, I believe in things must be tactical. Now I can attack that element, but but aiming a dart at a dartboard in the dark just doesn't work. And you end up on things like prescription drugs for depression. You end up drinking alcohol. You end up taking drugs. You end up abusing your wife. You end up failing at your job. At the end of the day, until you're truthful with yourself and you can identify the root cause and then build a tactical plan to change that, it's, it's like running seven days riding 12,500 kilometers, it was a tactical plan that was executed and you need to de- and you execute it. Yeah. So the, so interesting. So there's a couple of things here, right? There's this mirror test that people said is good. I can, so stand in front of the mirror and see if you like what you see. And I think that's a great place to start. Maybe you don't like what you see, but the problem, which I think you figured out is that the way to actually work on that is actually much more substantive and you have to find the technique when you hide from it with some other substance you're never working on it so the only way that you and i think many of us have figured out how to work on this text you have to sort of tear yourself apart till you get to the core to find out that really what's happening is that i'm just mad with matt here like there is nothing in the way and either I'm going to show up or I'm never going to show up, right? I mean, it's like sort of yeah. beginning and then there in those moments, but that it is sort of interesting. There are, I guess, other ways we could do a silent retreat for 10 days and try and figure out in our silence, can we tear ourselves apart so that we can see what's really the issue because we, we hide from it so much, right? Because that's how we have to show up. And you found it through the physical, which I think is a very fair way to do it. Because a lot of the chemical markers that get in the way are stripped away. And all of a sudden, you're right. i got to figure out how to keep pedaling because it ain't happening any other way, right? I mean, what do you think about that? You say that because I say that you talk about going to a a retreat, sweat lodge. Some people go to the Amazon and do (laughs) psychedelic mushrooms. Other people do these long endurance events. Some people hike across the North America or go to the Europe and hike and the journey is your journey. It doesn't have to be prescribed. But what I like about endurance events is, is to your point, at some point, no matter who's around you, you're on your own and everything goes internal. You, you now are having a constant dialogue with yourself. When I was cycling, there were days where I would cycle from eight to 10 hours a day. And uh, I would be completely on my own in Northwest Territories. I was by myself. I had a support band, but because of the conditions, they had to be at certain spots on the road where they could safely yeah. pull over and wait. And I'll tell you, you have some crazy dialogues. And you made a really interesting point. The, the great thing about endurance sports is it strips away the armor. You become a baby. You you complain, you whine, you you blame everybody else. But in a sense, you're you're stripping yourself down to that core. And I'll tell you, there was a dramatic change for me on the ride. I left the starting line in Halifax with an ego. Like I was the man and I was doing this ride because I wanted attention. I wanted to feed mm, that ego. Right. I wanted to have the swagger. Yeah. Right. And 
I got on the road and I was like, nobody cares, Matt. There's a thousand things. <laughs> Who are you to think? People are going to stop their day-to-day -day madness to focus on some guy cycling across Canada. And I realized that, dude, you're doing this for the wrong reasons. And you start yeah. to break everything down. And to your point, you learn about yourself. And sometimes it's embarrassing. Sometimes it's awkward. Ego is an evil thing. But listen, that's the journey. And everybody needs to take one. And like I said, it could be a, a hike up a mountain. But as I say to people, take the journey. The view is worth it. Yeah. So couldn't agree more with everything you said. I think we've talked to a lot of people who feel the same way. So let's let's talk about this just happened recently. So give a little bit more of the data. You leave Halifax, you're gonna ride this twelve thousand five hundred kilometers. I think for Americans that's what, eight thousand plus miles, nine thousand miles, yeah. something's a lot of miles, a lot of days. Tell us about sort of what you were going through, how many days was this gonna take? Of course there's this there's the emotional piece that was gonna happen but then there's a yeah. physical piece and you've never done anything like this and so yeah I'd love to hear some more well really interesting start to this mission i had nothing to do with the route planning i asked my wife and my nutrition sponsor darcy is the ceo of that company and he's he's a he's a randonneer like he's he's been out there and he's done some of these long rides nothing like this but the first thing he said to me was, Matt, you're going the wrong way. First of all, most people go west to east with the wind at their yeah. back. You're going east to west, which is quite terrifying. Oh, my God, Darcy, don't worry about me. I'm a tough guy. Second thing I didn't realize was that it, it's it's not so, such an impressive thing riding from one coast to the other. We then added an extra 6,000 kilometers onto the ride by heading into the Northwest Territories and the Yukon. So we doubled that distance. Now, Canada is by itself a very, very punishing country. We have extreme elevations. Yeah. I cycled through every weather conditions, and I got smacked in the, in the face by forest fires. So we, we had a very, if you watch the documentary, you'll see the, the seriousness of it. I got trapped in the forest fires, and you'll see pictures of me riding my bike in my hotel room as the fires are burning outside just to get the kilometers in. But the biggest, biggest thing about the ride was on day one, we cycled from Halifax to Charlotte, which is a 240 kilometer ride. Mm -hmm. And the longest ride I've ever done before that was 150. So I almost put an extra 100 kilometers on day one. And on day one, we pulled into the hotel room and I thought I'd have to go to the emergency room because I had full body cramps and I couldn't shake them. They were, they were locking my body up. I turned to my wife and I said, I'm in serious trouble. Day one of a 100-day journey, I was almost put, put into the hospital. When we got up on day two, East Coast weather is brutal. The wind was, oh, yeah. the rain was sideways. It was about plus four, and oh. I started another 10-hour day. So for the first week, you could see in my posts that I was going to quit. Undoubtedly, I was going to quit. And I talked to my sponsor who saw my expression, and he told my wife, he said, you better tell him to call me because... He's not looking confident. Lyle, who owns the company that sponsored me, has been around professional sports all of his life. And he told me an amazing story about Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier, too. You probably heard of these amazing athletes, very, very famous here in Edmonton. Of course, they won the Stanley Cups here. And he told me this inspiring story. And he, and he closed with, and Matt, whose name is on that van? And I said, yours, Lyle. And he said, well, then you have no choice because you can't let people down. 
Right. And I got up every day and got on that bike at about six, seven in the morning. And I cycled eight, eight, nine, 10 hours a day through every possible condition, averaging about 150 kilometers a day for a hundred days. And I believe it changed me, <laughs> genetically wow. changed me. I'm a different person. There's no question about that. And it, it, some of these activities, they are they're just like the activity, right? So there's a, you're pedaling, you're fueling, you're out there in these miserable conditions. Yeah. It's some, there are like these points, because there's probably some just, I'm just doing miles. And then there are probably some points where either you saw something or start thinking and you started realizing that this transformation was happening. Was there other than, of course, that first day, like I, we could all write that story. The first day, yeah. ego, reality, boom, explodes. Then everyone will get back on the second day. No one quits after yeah. the first. But, but it's that after the first week, when we're sort of through all of the ups and downs and emotions, now the reality sets in. I got 90 days ahead of me. This is going to be something else. Were there moments like where sometimes five days went by and, oh, that's cool, just got five days in, versus like these big, oh my gosh, something's really starting to happen. Did you feel that transformation? Was there a moment in the ride that you remember? There's, a, there's, there's, there's two things that happened. When I finally cycled from Halifax to Montreal, I don't know, that's into the thousands, maybe a couple of thousand kilometers. It's all a bit of a blur to me. We pulled into a school that helps the kids that I was riding for, the, the, the disabled children. And there was quite a, a gathering, maybe 50, 60 people. And they were all out with balloons and signs saying, go, Matt, go. And that was the first time I'd seen actual people really expressing, because I was so remote. You're be between these big towns or these little things. And they pulled me aside and they said, get ready. This little boy's going to come out and it's going to be very hard. It's going to be very emotional. Right. And I cry when I tell this story. So <laughs> forgive me if I if I have a tear here. But this little boy came out. He was probably four or five years old. He had a double amputee. He had Down syndrome. And he had a hand cycle. And these 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 are the things that I was riding for to build these very special bikes for these kids. And he saw me and he he raced right up to me. So they they obviously made it clear who I was to these children. And I I'm six foot one. I'm wearing my cycling shoes. I'm towering over this little boy. And he looks up at me. He goes, Matt, I love you. And he threw his arms out like that. And I thought to myself, I'm cycling across one of the most beautiful countries in the world. And I complain about it. And we all complain about things every day. And this little guy who has been dealt a hand that most people can't fathom, including his parents. And he is the happiest person just sitting here talking to me. I had to walk away from him. I went around the corner and I cried because I thought, Matt, Jesus, you, you, you better start realizing what's going on here around you. And then the other change that occurred, which was very subtle, is when I started to drop the ego. When I finally realized, Matt, you're not Terry Fox and you never will be. You're not, you're not some Instagram superstar. You're not a 20-year-old fitness model. You're, you're an average person. And everybody has an extremely busy life. So you better start doing things for the right reasons. And it certainly can't be for ego. It certainly can't be for people patting you on the back. And then I'll tell you something, to be very honest. Now, when you get up the next day in cycle, that's when you start to unleash your inner hero. That's, that's when you're doing it for nothing externally. No bright lights, no applause. You're doing it because you've discovered that person that says, I'm going to get up and do this. I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And that one was more subtle. 
there was a change in the realization that, dude, you're out here and you're on your own. And we watched the donations going up slowly, but they weren't going up very fast. And I remember I had a meeting with my sponsor and I would come close to getting hit by semis quite often because some of the roads were so narrow. I'd be in my bike and these semis would come by me constantly racing by me. They don't care. Why are, why are you on the road? Get off the road. And I turned to my sponsor and I said, it would be better if I got clipped because people would pay attention. And it's such a true statement. Like people just, I had some really loyal supporters, but in the world today, don't ever think you're going to put yourself above what everybody else is struggling with. And you'll never, ever achieve that feedback that you think you're going to get. You'll never achieve it. You need to do these things for a very, very special reason. And it's not external applause. So those were the two things I learned. Yeah, I, I yeah, resonate deeply. The, the interesting part, right, but you can't find the path to transformation if you're dependent on the external because you're never no. going to go deep into yourself. Hey guys, Joe Gagnon, host of the Chasing Tomorrow podcast, and this episode is brought to you by 1UP Health. 1UP Health is a modern cloud data and interoperability platform that makes it easy to acquire, store, and share data between payers, providers, and patients. I hope you enjoy the episode. You're only getting this external validation. You're never going to figure yourself out. I started writing this blog 11 years ago, and I write every day. Many interesting struggles to it. But at one point, similar thing was, oh, how many people read it? And then someone said to me, the best writer writes only for themselves and doesn't worry whether anyone mm. ever reads it. Yeah. And so then I never stopped. And so when someone says to me, when are you going to stop writing? So when I stop living, like I am not writing for the reason that you think I'm writing for the reason of life, because now I'm putting daily habits into my journey that change yeah. sort of how I show up. And so, yeah, it's great. Oh, it's beautiful. If someone writes back and says, wow, I read that, that mattered to me. Or if someone says to you, boy, Matt, that was amazing what you did. Those are the extras. They're not yeah. the reason. It's amazing. You've I get asked a lot. I was interviewed several times while I was writing and, of course, podcasts afterwards. That's a great way of saying it. You're writing for, for, for yourself. And transformation has got to be done for oneself first. But find fuel in helping others. That's, that's what I suggest is that you're the engine of change externally, internally. The fuel is purpose. And it just makes that arduous chore easier if you have a purpose. But that purpose is not what's going to drag you across the finish line. In the worst day, on the in the worst moment, in the worst weather, I couldn't close my eyes and think of that little boy in Montreal. The only thing I could think about was, you're here now, Matt, and uh, the van is right there. It's warm. You could put your bike in and nobody would know you didn't cycle because I was so remote. You have a decision to make here, Matt. And Nicole would look at me and God bless Nicole because she was, we have to get back on that bike. I did. And I tell people that, no matter what happens in life and on any given day when you wake up and you get smacked in the face with the reality of what life can throw at you, progress builds momentum. If you're, if you're running to, if you're training to run a 300 kilometer endurance event or a 5k run, it's always those first five steps that hurt. It's always that first kilometer that hurts. But trust me, if you run through it, if you ride through it, if you push your weights through it, if you do your yoga through it, whatever form of movement you want, progress builds momentum. And once you get going and you can have tactical evidence and, and measurable evidence that you're, you're moving forward, a kilometer ticks by, a step is taken, you're going to keep going. 
the fuel is is purpose but believe me it's all an internal decision to go or not to go and trust me going is worth it yeah the, the hero's journey joseph campbell writes about the transcendent moment has to come after the struggle it doesn't come without a struggle maslow wrote about the hierarchy of needs and self-actualization being this what yeah. does that mean we have the buddhist middle way and there's always these sort of remote ideas about taking ourselves to some more recognition of of what this human condition is and like what is a being and what is a soul and all that and i don't know that we ever get a true full answer but what we do is we strip away the the veneer that's in the way and that veneer is created through the way the society has developed and when the technologies that can distract us from our capabilities. And so I think the method is interesting because sometimes we need somewhat raw methods, which is what you did by writing so much. It's not that dissimilar to any other probably kind of therapy. The therapist is just trying to pull away the layers to get yeah. to the core. Yeah. So you're riding along and I'm sure there is like story after story of, but like one of the things I always am curious about, what are some of the more sort of beautiful visuals that come back to you as you think about this because Ken is spectacularly beautiful and eagles flying across the road or what 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 the memories in your head there's what i love about th this type of thing is the very thing that most people would drive a car to see is the very thing that smacks the endurance athlete in the face it's these extreme elevation climbs it's these panorama views you're you're presented with beauty while you're getting beaten up. And it's it's this strange, I know I'm climbing this mountain. I, I had to climb a 32 kilometer mountain and I was rewarded with this view at the end of it. And, and I tell people it's, you're rewarded on one hand, but you're smacked in the face on the other. But there were times I was cycling and I, I was in Northern Ontario and I came, I was a very remote, quiet road, steep climbs. It was the Canadian Shield. So they cut the road right into the the, the, the granite and there's oh, a yeah. bear mm -hmm. on the road. I just climbed this huge hill and this bear was sitting there. And I, I was about 200 meters from him and everybody told me carry bear spray and all this. But when you're out there cycling, you're kind of like, don't have the energy to do that. So I stared at him and I'm, I have two choices. I could go back. I could wait till he moved. And I didn't know what to do, but I knew I had to cycle 150 kilometers this day and I was just starting. So I looked at the bear and I said, bear, it's between me and you. One of us has to let the other person go. So I started to cycle towards the bear. You only have maybe 20 meters or so of space in the road he let me cycle by him i waved and thank you very much and i went on my way so that was one and then i was in the northwest territories and i stopped to take on some nutrition the van was nowhere to be seen i was completely me and my support rider i had a support rider then and we stopped to eat a nutrition bar and as we unwrapped the wrapper this fox comes trotting down the road and it came right up to us. Now, these animals are very, very skittish. They, they won't come yeah. anywhere near a, a human being. But I think I was so remote, this fox didn't know who or what I was. And it walked up, it, it ran up to me and it looked up. And I think it wanted some of the bar. And of course, I didn't give, give you can't do that. But there you are looking at this, this strange creature. And I know this is probably not the case. But in that instance, I thought, you've never seen a person on a bike right. because it's such a remote ride. I was like literally heading towards 
Whitehorse in the Yukon at this point. So I was very, very remote. So you have moments like that where you're you're so amazed by the beauty of it all, but then you re- you realize just how Canada is huge. It is rugged. It is remote. And when you throw the forest fires into it that we had mm-hmm. to deal with, which some of the most, if not the biggest natural disaster we've experienced, one of the biggest. There are pictures on my Instagram page where you see me riding into smoke. I mean, it is smoke. You can't see a hundred meters in front of you. So crazy things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So the stuff doesn't end, right, Matt? So we get the end of this ride and now I have this sneaking suspicion you're going to do something else big here again, like this this wasn't enough satisfying around the transformation or as a new transformed human, you're now on to the next one. Tell us a little bit more about what's what's up next. Yeah, the, the official launch of it will come out soon. We are going to help children in needs again. So that's our purpose. But this time, rather than making about the individual, I want to make it about a community. So I will go out and I will do something major, probably not as major as 12,500 kilometers, but still on a very epic scale. But this time we want to design the event to make it more inclusive. We want people to understand that if you are suffering silently, mentally or physically, we have a story, we have a, a we have a framework and we have a mission that you can leverage and be part of to undergo your own transformational journey. And whether you want to cycle 50 meters with me or you want to run a 10K or you want to walk through the doors of a gym for the first time, we're going to give you the support and the hopefully the inspiration to do just that. So it's my goal to be the person going across Canada with a mic in my hand and talking to these individuals. And that's, that's a metaphor. I want them to tell their stories into the mic. Look at, I'm a recovering addict. I'm a, an obese person. I'm suffering from mental illness. I lost my wife. My, my, I lost a child. Whatever the story is, come along on this amazing journey. Be part of it, big, small. Every step you take is unleashing your inner hero. And we're going to do something amazing. And we're going to try to create a wave of change, a philosophy that people start to buy into around how powerful movement can be and what what you can do as a community to help ourselves. I think charity overall is a broken industry. If two people, me and my wife, can start a conversation on a couch and end up raising $100,000 and cycling 12,500 kilometers, we as a community can do something amazing. So I want to help the individual. I want to help my community. I want to help the charities. And I want to show people there's a, there's a way we could do this better and help each other and support each other. We are now at an epidemic of, of addiction, suicide, mental depression, obesity. Our healthcare system is, is overloaded. We're seeing things that are emerging that are quite terrifying to be frank and if we don't offer people out there a different path other than putting more stress on an already overloaded healthcare system we're in some serious trouble so i hope that this story of one man's journey becomes a beacon for others to start their own yeah hi it's beautiful i love the idea of expanding into a deeper community when i have the fond memories of my six marathon journey the most fondness of it is what happened to the others who sort of happenstance or showed up along the way. Yeah. I did 
have no intention of anyone running with me, but people would show up and say, do you mind? And someone yeah. said, hey, this is the first time I ever ran 10K. I feel so good about myself. And I could sort of move to the background and let everyone else take the foreground. I had a guy who at the end, he said, I haven't felt this joyous since I was a child and on and on and on. And, and the unleashing through the role model that you become by saying there is a real other way here is is very powerful because it's in everyone. And can yeah. we break through? We don't know. We don't judge if someone doesn't come, but if they want to, it's good that they have a way and a community that they can be part of. And the more yeah. that we all do that. A hundred percent. And a lot of people ask me, I'm sure you're familiar with this, and there's many examples of it, but David Goggins is a well-known extreme. <laughs> and I've got mad respect for the man. He's he's completely impressive, but he's not average. He's not ordinary. And for him to present himself to a single mom who's got sick kids, there's just no connection there. It doesn't make sense. And unfortunately, that is the majority of the population. There are the one percenters that, that can go out, shut off pain and become an ABCL with a broken leg and run hundreds of kilometers nonstop. I wish I could do that, but but the majority of the population can't. So it's these types of people that I want to help and show them that I'm not David Cox. I call myself an ordinary person trying to do something extraordinary. And I think that's what we want to teach people is, man, if you saw me day to day, I'm going to go to the gym after I talk to you, but I'm a very average Joe. And I just cycled almost 13,000 kilometers. So, and I'm old, but, but guess what? I, I, I hear people in the gym walk up to me and they've got a cane and their knee's been replaced. And they walk up to me and they say, hey, I saw what you did. That's really impressive, but you better slow down. You're getting old. And I want to push that person and grab that person and say, why? Why would I want to slow down? I say, speed up, speed up, push. You've been granted this amazing gift. Use it. Trust me, use it. So yeah, I mean, I just think the potential is huge. And I love talking to people like you because I like to build communities. There's a multiple, multiple effect here. You're going to share this conversation with your network. My network's going to see it. I'm going to connect a node in your network and then we're going to connect a node in my network. Now, all of a sudden, one became two. And this message gets amplified. And, and that's the goal here is to create this unstoppable force driven by this amazing community, this network, and uh, create change, positive change in our communities and uh, in our society, make people healthier, make them happier. Yeah, I love that the topic of health span is coming up more than lifespan, which is about the choices that we make and the way that we live that makes us live this healthier life that might be longer yeah, yeah. on its own, not necessary. And so I was, I was watching an 85-year-old guy on Instagram the other day, and he said that there was this Harvard study that said that for every hour you exercise, you increase your lifespan by three years. And so I'm like, oh, wow, that's really cool. So I went back to my spreadsheet, Matt, I've been tracking what I've been doing for the past 23 years, how many wow. hours per day all these years. So I looked and I had done 19,500 hours of exercise in 23 years. And so I multiply times three and I get to something like 59,000 hours of life ex extension. And then I'm wow, how many... 6.7 years. Now, forget whether there's a baseline from, does that mean from when I'm 70 or 80 or 90? It doesn't sort of matter. But the idea was just a wow idea to me, which is I just, you know, decided to your, what made me think about it is when someone says you shouldn't be doing that because you're getting older. And I'm like, I know, but I'm feeling stronger. Like, you know, I did that. Yeah. So like, yeah. I don't, 
I, I don't let them convince me either to stop because there's no thank you. Well, and, and here's the other catch to what you've just said. The real penny drops when you add the word quality into life. So yeah, you may get six more years of life, but it's six more years of life without using a walker. It's six more years of life avoiding knee replacement. It's six more years of life not having to deal with a metabolic disease because it's 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 all of that. It's what puts a smile on your face. And that's that's ultimately the goal here is that we as a society need to smile more. And fitness by itself does a tremendous job, but there's a lot more to the equation. And slowly, if we take it into our own hands, we as a community can solve this. So I ask people to follow my story. I hope you can share my link on my, my Instagram. We're going to be announcing some amazing tools and this is an this is there's there there's not an ounce of of uh, desire on our part to raise money for anything but charity. So this is all for free. We just want people to follow this journey. We just completed the documentary. It's a four part documentary about the ride that has nothing to do with the ride. It's about somebody saying I'm broke, and if you watch the last episode, it 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 leaves with the with the 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 question. Yeah, you finished a journey to the starting line of the next one and what that is. And that's where we're going now. So I hope people will watch that and reach out and ask questions. And I can continue to have conversations with people like you because we can do amazing things. Yeah. We'll ask you to put tell us exactly where to go, but I'll make one more comment. So the, that sometimes what we do, we don't know is noticed. And you didn't find me because I was hiding from what I did or... For some other reason, it's just when we show up in a good way, like good people notice. And and so the messages that I put out on Instagram are around this positivity and about challenge and taking it on. And we hope that the people who see it are similarly inspired, right? That's why we want to tell our stories. It's not about we look all dolled up and good. It's actually just about <laughs> us living and making someone feel, wow, if they could do it, so could I. And then we'll have a, a better world and for me to get to be part of your community is so so powerful it's it sort of just actually makes me more excited to keep doing all what i'm doing what what's your instagram and then any other ways people can get a hold of you we'll put it in the show notes as well but awesome so right now i'm probably gonna take the instagram and and rename it soon because i don't want it to be my name i want it to be more about the, the philosophy but right now it's divine transformation one word and Divine Transformation is D-E-V-I-N-E. And you'll see a lot of the posts on the ride, after the ride, what I do day to day to stay fit. And we also have a YouTube channel where the uh, the uh, documentary is hosted right now. And all you need to do there is search out Quick Card Ride for Change. That was the title of the event. And Quick is Q-U-I-K. And it's all one word, Quick Card Ride for Change. The documentary, the fourth part of the documentary was just released yesterday and I, I, it moved me to tears. So when I see it every time, I'm just, it's just, it's, it's so humbling to see that guy on that screen say, I don't have all the answers now. It's, it's like you ride to find the answers, but the only thing I'll close with an interesting story. When I, when they were making the documentary, it wasn't supposed to be a documentary. It was supposed to be video content we could use to push out so that we could raise awareness and dollars for the charity. We didn't want to spend money on creating a documentary while we're trying to raise money for the kids. 
But when we were done, the doc, the guys that filmed it said, there's enough here where we could create a ride retrospective as a kind of a gift for you so that you could have something. I said, oh, that's so awesome, guys. I'd love that. Then they made this thing and they said, Matt, the editor is kind of seeing this theme. So these guys took GoPro footage and all this amazing footage of me riding through the fires of my voiceover and concluded it with a, an interview at the very end. And it's just something the, the, the guy that made it said to me, he said, Matt, a documentary typically involves a, a, a person of interest who has a problem and through the journey of the documentary finds a solution. He said, you found the question. And oh, I wow. thought, wow, you know what? You're right. I don't have the answers, but I, I've got some questions now. So, so I ask people when they think about their life, don't, don't, don't look for the answers immediately. Maybe, maybe it's the start with, well, what is the question I'm trying to answer? And it's, it's an amazing way of looking at it. So those are the two ways you can get a hold of me now. And of course, if anybody wants my, my, my opinion or my story and, and how it may impact them, I gladly answer any questions they have. And uh, stay tuned. There's something big happening. And I will say, I love talking to people like you. And if we can stay connected as I begin the next mission, which will be launched here in the next uh, month or so, I can promise you it's going to be a very, very compelling story. So I hope I can continue to talk to you as we, we take on the yeah. next mission. Yeah, we're going to keep telling the story and check in with you, Matt. I think that's the best way to end. We're very excited about the next launch. When you get that out, we'll make sure that others know because we want to Thank support you. in every way possible all of these efforts. We find more I of do. them. And uh, yeah, you're, I'm just happy for you that you found the question and have started to answer it. And this inspired life, this transformation, it's inspiring to me and so many others. So Matt, thanks for spending some time with us. This was amazing. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah.